Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Once upon a time, there was a very selfish little boy named Frankie. Gimme! Gimme! It's mine! I want it! Gimme! Now when the summer came, Frankie's father took the family to the seashore. I want to go fishing today! I want to go fishing! Naturally, Frankie had his own boat with his own captain and crew. And he had the very best fishing tackle that money could buy. Oh, boy! I got another bite! Look at that big fish and he's all mine! Mine! Now, Frankie didn't fish like other little boys would fish. That is, only catching what he or his family or friends would eat, which is the only way you should go fishing. No, Frankie greedily tried to catch every fish in the sea. And because his tackle was so good, and because the captain of his boat was so clever, Frankie almost accomplished his wish. He would load his boat up with fish and go back to shore. And when some of the poorer people would ask for a fish, he would say... No! You can't have them. They're mine. I caught them. If you want good fish to eat, go catch your own. Now the communities of fish became very worried. They really didn't mind being eaten by people. and In fact, they knew that that was one of the main reasons God had put them in the beautiful water of the sea. So one day they held a great meeting to see what could be done. A large whale got up and had an idea. Let Let me me go after after this this bad boy. boy. I'll I'll tip tip over over his boat. And a shark said, I've a better better idea. idea. Let Let me me and my my brothers brothers eat him up. up. (laughs) then that juniper stood up. 
He was a very, very old and a very, very homely mackerel. Everyone respected him because of all the fish in the sea. He was the kindest and most wise. No, that ain't the way to handle a kid like Frankie. Ain't our Lord's way. Ain't the right way. How would you handle him, Juniper? Well, I guess I'd just find the shaver, then go and set and chew the fat with him, Mike. But, Juniper, you know us fish can't talk to people. Oh, yes, we can, with our Lord's help. But how will you manage it? Well, tomorrow, I'll let myself get caught by Frankie. And when he hauls me up, I'll speak to him and tell him a story. What story? A story about a man. So the next day, Juniper went off to find Frankie's fishing line. Around noon, he spotted it. Juniper nibbled on the bait and was drawn up to the surface. Frankie took one look at him and said, Oh, what a stupid, ugly old fish. How dare you bite on my beautiful fishing line? Hold on for a minute there, young fella. I got something to say to you. What? What? I thought I heard somebody speak. That's right, you did. Oh, my goodness. A talking fish. Sure, but if you want me to speak, put me in a pail of water. I can't hold my breath. Oh, Oh, very well. well how's that? Well, that's fine, Sonny. Just fine. Well? Well, why don't you say something? Uh, once a fish learns how to talk, it's awful hard to keep him quiet. Well, you said you had something to say to me. I sure do, Sonny. You know... Us fish are getting a little annoyed at you. You've been taking an awful lot of us and just throwing us away. Oh, and I catch a fish, it's mine, so I do with it what I want. Yeah. Tell me, Sonny, are you happy when you waste stuff like that? No, I'm not really. Siri, I know just how you feel. Oh, how could you? You're only a fish. Yeah. You see, I once knew another fellow was the same way you are right now. Funny thing, he had the same names you do. Really? Frankie? Well, not Frankie exactly. His name was Francis. He's an Italian fella. Come from a little town in Italy called Assisi. And I guess you could say that Francis is a sort of Italian for Frankie. Oh. You say he was a lot like me? Yeah, when he first started out in life, that is. But, of course, he changed. What? What, 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 what changed him? Well, this here Francis had a father that was a, a very rich man. Not as rich as mine, I bet. Well... I bet? Well, let's just say he was almost as rich. Now, this Francis had just about everything a boy could wish for. His clothes was of the finest silk, and he had more toys than you could shake a stick at. Not as many as I do, I bet. Well... I, I bet... Well, almost as many... And he liked fighting. He listened to stories about great battles, and he played soldiers. I bet he didn't he... even own as, as many toy soldiers as I do. Well, that's hard to say, Sonny. When I grow up, I'm going to be a soldier. A general, of course. And I'm going to capture cities 
And then they'll be all mine. <laughs> you don't say. I just said. <laughs> now, ain't that a sketch? Funny, you know. What is? Well, this here Francis of Assisi, he felt same way as you do when he was a little shaver. Did he ever do those things when he grew up? Yeah, he started out to. You see, when he was 20, he got a lot of his gang together, and a whole mess of them thunk up a scheme to go and fight the next town called Pergia. Just what I'd like to have done. Uh-huh. Well, they didn't think too much of this here Perugia place. In fact, young Francis, he says... Just a bunch of hicks live there. We can lick them without even trying. Come on, gang. So, him and the boys got themselves up in their best duds instead of armor, you see. And off they all went. Lickety-split. And did they capture the town? Did it become theirs? <laughs> the people of Perugia seen them coming from miles away on account of their bright-colored clothes. And they come galloping out and tuck all the Assisi boys prisoner before they knew which end was up. Gee, that was too bad. Well, I don't know, sonny. That there was a turning point in young Francis's life. Why? What happened? Well, the sheriff come and arrested them all and flung them all in the local hooskow. Well, sir, them men were in that jailhouse for quite a spell. And Francis became a pretty unhappy young fella. He commenced asking himself questions. Is this really the way to live? Being greedy? Caring about nothing or no one save myself? And one night, as he was laying on his prison cot, thinking and tossing and turning, a dream come to him. At least it, it seemed like a dream. Why, it's... it's our Lord. And he, he's standing with piles of swords and silks and cloaks all around him. And every sword has a handle, like a cross... What does it mean? What does it all mean? Our Lord looked him right smack in the eye, and he says, These are the things that I give to the people who work for me, and these are the swords that I give to them, so they can fight for me. And then that whole dream just went away. But what did it mean? Well, that troubled Francis for a while, and then it come to him. Like a bolt of blue lightning, what it was our Lord was driving at. Why, it, it must mean that he doesn't want me to have bright clothes anymore while I'm on earth. I'll have them in heaven if I still want them. And I mustn't fight with the Perugians or anybody. I must fight only with Satan. Now, the thought of this made Francis feel pretty bad at first. But I love fighting. I love it. And while he was thinking in this fashion, old Satan comes sneaking up behind him like the dirty coyote he is, and he whispers in Francis's ear, Don't let him make a dope out of you. If you don't dress in your satin and velvet clothes and fight people... All your friends who like doing that, too, won't be your friends anymore. Well, that's true. I won't do what our Lord said. 
Well, what happened next? Well, the next day their term was up, and the sheriff come round and let them all loose and run them out of town. And, of course, he didn't give them their horses back, so they had to walk back to Assisi. And as they was nearing Assisi, Francis meets up with this old raggy man coming along the road. What old raggy man? Who was he? Well, Francis didn't know this, but the beggar was a sort of a test. A test? Yep, because our Lord was a standing behind a beautiful oak tree to see what Francis would do. And on the other side of the road, hiding under a slimy old rock, was Satan, who also had his eyes on Francis. Oh, I see. What happened? Yes, sir, our Lord, he says to himself, if Francis gives that red and silver cloak of his to that raggy man, it means that he's going to listen to that dream that I sent him, and that he's going to be on my side. And the devil, he says, if Francis doesn't give his cloak to the man, it means he's going to be on my side. Well, what happened? Well, Francis, he commenced to ponder mighty deep. I'll give him my cloak if he really has lost his. No, why should I? It's mine. But then again, I don't really need it. And yet... So, like he was flipping a coin in his head, he makes a sudden decision. The most important decision of his life. Here. Here. Take the cloak. Yes, sir, Francis changed clothes with the raggedy man, and he felt better than he'd ever felt before. And our Lord smiled, because he knew that he'd won the first battle. And what about Satan? Well, he just took off with his tail dragon, uh, temporarily. Don't you worry, I'm not licked yet. And Francis, wearing his rags, started into the town of Assisi. Now I have no red and silver cloak. No one will ever talk to me. But our Lord walked alongside of him for a bit and says to him, Never you mind if your friends won't talk to you. You can be a friend of mine. And he says to himself, I'll never wear gaudy rich clothes again. It's much finer to be dressed in rags. And then he got home and settled down again. And something spread over that young man like a forest fire. The joy of giving. He gave away nigh everything he owned. And with everything he gave, he felt better and stronger. Well... Soon, all he had left of his old finery was his rich leather belt. And he hung on to that for a while. Well, one needs a belt, even if one is in rags. And it is a beautiful belt. So he kept that belt till one day, as he was moseying along, he passed this poor old lady whose bundle of food had come undone and all the vegetables and meat had fell in the mud. Now, she weren't a rich old gal, and she commenced to sit down and cry <laughs> about her loss. Well, Francis, he looked at her for a minute, and then he took off his fine leather belt. Here, take this belt. I haven't any need of it. No, go ahead. Take the belt and wrap it around your bundle. It'll hold it together. Well, the woman looked up at him, kind of amazed, you know. And she took the belt. From now on, I'll use a piece of rope instead of a belt. It'll be much more useful and a good bit cheaper. And he did that for the rest of his days. Well, <laughs> sir, that incident decided it. Francis was definitely on the Lord's side. And all kinds of wonderful things commenced to happen to him. He found he could talk to people like he'd never talked before. So you see, by being poor here, you become very rich in heaven. And it's so much better to be rich there. Besides, heaven lasts so much longer. And 
Then come the experience with the wolf. The wolf? Yep. Seems while Francis was walking around from town to town, he comes to this community called Gubbio. Now, every last person that lived in Gubbio was skinflints, misers, you know. I must tell all these people of the joys of being poor, of giving. That's funny, there's no one outside. I wonder, why have they all locked themselves in their houses? So that's why they've locked themselves in. Woof. Woof. You're a delicious-looking morsel for my dinner. Well, I don't intend to be anybody's dinner. I'm here to talk to the good people of Gubbio. But they all seem to be in their houses, Brother Wolf. Get set, mister. You ain't got much longer to live. And that wolf, he sprung at poor Francis like he really meant business. Woof. Francis, he just holds up his hand, and like as if he was swatting a fly, he taps that monster on the snout. Oh, you hit me. You should be afraid of me, not hit me. A person's not afraid of anything when he has our Lord by his side. But I'm a wolf, and I'm supposed to eat you up. I eat everybody up. Oh, Brother Wolf, why do you eat all these people? Well, I don't like to eat them. They're too skinny. I ask them for food, but they're too stingy. There ain't nothing else to eat around here, and I gotta eat something. I can't starve to death. Well, no, you can't. We wolves gotta live, too. Hmm. I'll tell you what. If I promise you that you will always have enough to eat, will you promise me that you'll never eat people again? Never? Never. Well... All right, I promise. And with that, the old wolf puts his paw into Francis's hand, and they seal the bargain. And Francis and the wolf stood out in the center of town. Come out, good people of Gubbio. I want to tell you something. Now, you've all been very stingy people. You've never left a bit of food for animals. Naturally, they can't starve, so they're forced to do the best they can. So if you all promise to feed Brother Wolf, he will promise never to eat anyone again. Right, Brother Wolf? Well, uh, much as I hate to say it, right. And that old wolf got to be the town pet. And he barked at tramps and robbers, and he used to go fetch newspapers and pull wagons, and he was just about the happiest thing on this earth. And Francis... Well, he just walked on like it was all in a day's work. And as Francis walked on through the years, he did lots of things for lots of people. Like when he was teaching some people at Christmas, about the time when our Lord was a baby. No, no, look. You see this little box? Well, I'll put some hay into it. Now, sister, would you hand me your baby? No, it's all right. He'll be safe. Now I put the babe in the box. Our Lord was like that. And Our Lady was kneeling here. And St. Joseph was here. And the cows and St. Joseph's donkey that Our Lady rode upon were there. Now, do you see? And the people did see. And afterwards, they always had a crib in their church at Christmas time. And soon, almost everybody took up the custom 
Just one of the little things we owe to Francis of Assisi. He even invented singing Christmas carols because he thought the little baby Lord had liked them. One of the most amazing things about Francis was that he not only taught people, he went out and talked to little animals, too. All of God's creatures was the same to Francis. Stop twittering a minute, brothers and sisters. I want to tell you something. And the birds come and listened. And one of the birds, a robin, says is how he didn't feel too important. And Francis, he says... Not important? Why, Brother Robin, do you know that once you were all brown? Yes, you were. It was only when you saw our Lord on the cross and you felt so sorry for him that you came close to fan him with your wings that you pricked yourself on the crown of thorns and have had your red breast ever since. And once the Holy Spirit pretended to be a dove when he went to our Lord's baptism. Gee, you say he talked to all animals? Is that how you met him? Did uh, he ever talk to fish? Well, now, I'm coming to that part. Seems as the years went by, Francis got quite a following behind him, and one of these fellows' name was Anthony. Oh, Anthony, there's so many more people I've got to talk to, so many more that you must learn to give. Oh, you will talk to them, my friend. You will. Well, by and by, they come to a town called Rimini. It was by the seashore. And Francis starts to talk to the folks. Good people of Rimini, I come to you with a message. A message of giving and loving. <laughs> Am I too old to go any further? I have so much to say to these people. If only they'd listen, Anthony. Don't feel badly. I have an idea. And with that, Anthony walks down to the water, see? And he holds up his hand and he calls all of us fishes out of the sea. Come out, brothers and sisters, fish. There's someone here to talk to you. Yes, sir, I was just a young whippersnapper then. Hardly more than two gills and a couple of scales. But I'll never forget that day, no siree. Well, what happened? Well, sir, all of us fish, we come up to see what's happening. Sir, I never will forget the looks of that good man. His eyes shone with a golden light of kindness. What did he say to you all? Good to see you, Brother Fish. I feel very close to you all. And with that, he reaches down and gives me a pat. And he cups his hands and fills them with water and picks me up. And as he talked, I even swam around in that good man's holy hands. I want to tell you how lucky you are to be fish, and how you should thank our Lord for always having something ready to eat. And you can live in rivers, ponds, lakes, or the beautiful seas. And it is God who made it all nice and ready for you. And then Francis talked on, and he told us some of the important things fish had done. And there was the haddock who brought a penny to our Lord when he didn't have one to pay his taxes. And now all haddocks have a mark of a finger and thumb on their shoulders where St. Pete picked up the one that brought the penny. And as he's talking, all of the people of Rimini who wouldn't listen before come behind him to hear. And they listened, and they was changed men. 
Well, I went along with Francis of Assisi for a while. He took a liking to me and kept me in a little pail till I was too big. It was a mighty sad day when I had to go back to the sea. Brother Juniper, you've learned a lot. Maybe someday you can help carry on my message. Goodbye, little fellow. Watch out for nets. Well, Francis went on, did lots of other great and interesting things. And he made a bushel of friends who liked his good idea about being poor. And now there are hundreds and hundreds of them, all dressed in brown with ropes around their waists. They call themselves Franciscans after Francis. And they're still very poor. Well, a long time after Francis went to heaven, he became a saint. That was because what he had to say and what he did on earth was so very important. It all added up to one of the most important lives ever lived. You get the idea, Sonny? You know what his life meant? I... I... I think so. And what was it? Well, I'd say that... that the only true goodness... the only true love... the only true happiness comes... Not from keeping, but from giving. What's the matter, Sonny? Nothing. Hey, hey, what are you doing there? Well, my fishing pole overboard. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I see. Thank you, Juniper. Oh, I think nothing of it, Sonny. <laughs> I just about talked myself into a frizzle. So if you'd be kind enough to pour me gently back into the sea, I'd be much obliged. Oh. Goodbye, Juniper. So long, Frankie. You'll, You'll find, find things a lot different, different from now on. And things were different for Frankie. When he got back to shore, he gave his boat to the captain, who could use it to support his family. Take it. It's yours. <laughs> And when he got back to the city, he shared his toys with all the orphans and poorer children. Take them! They're yours! Yours! And as he gave, there was a great change in Frankie. For like a glorious spring flower, something beautiful bloomed inside Frankie. And that was happiness. The joy of giving. Please take them! They're all yours! Yours! Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, 
participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.